Welcome to Radio Finance, the podcast that helps you understand the transformative developments taking place in the world today. Welcome everyone to uh, another Radio Finance interview and this time we are uh, having a conversation with the uh, uh, President Director or CEO of Bank Danamon, uh, one of the leading banks in Indonesia. Uh, we are speaking with uh, Yasushi Itagaki, or very endearingly called Park Yus, uh, or Park Yes, uh, by, you know, uh, by his colleague and uh, by uh, his peers in uh, Indonesia. Uh, welcome, Park Yes, to uh, Radio Finance, and, and thank you for you know, speaking with us. And uh, we have interacted with Park Yes about how Bank Dynamo was dealing with the COVID pandemic last year. And this is an update of a, of a continuing conversation. And as the uh, global economy is emerging from COVID into a post-COVID world, we want to find out from banks in different regions, different countries, how they are dealing with the uh, opportunities as well as the challenges that has opened up. So I, I want to uh, start this conversation by uh, asking, yes, uh, Operating in a post-pandemic world, um, COVID obviously has uh, created some toll on economies, on livelihood, but it has also realized uh, a lot of change that otherwise wouldn't have happened. So one big uh, uh, change, for example, is in terms of how it has accelerated the digitalization of uh, livelihood or, or lives, uh, make economies more digital. Uh, and and you see that uh, in Indonesia as well, there are a lot of um, uh, fintechs. Uh, there are uh, also a lot of unicorns that have come up. Yeah. So so the 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 like of you know uh, Gojek, uh, Tokopedia, and so on and so forth. Uh, so that is a very exciting environment to be operating in. Um, what lessons do you think Indonesia, you know, the financial industry? Uh, and uh, Bank Danamon, the institutions that you run, specifically uh, can draw from the crisis. Sure. Uh, first and foremost, I, I truly appreciate Boom uh, Ping for in, in inviting me or interviewing me or uh, about Danamon. Uh, let me start with, uh, let's say, your first question is, uh, you know, what, what are the lessons that we learn as a country or as Danamon, right? Yes. In, in dealing with such question, let me start with a very interesting data point. Okay. It is about uh, world giving index. I don't know how much you are familiar with this. I recently found out this index. This is an index to uh, measure how each country of us are generous. Uh, so measuring the generosity of each country, okay? Uh, out of 120 around countries, uh, this, uh, you know, uh, the index uh, analyzes. Surprisingly, Indonesia is the highest in the world. This index is based upon uh, an interview with uh, individuals in, in these countries. For example, in the past months, uh, did you ever support 
strangers or someone who you don't know? Or did you ever donate in the last months? Did you do uh, volunteer work, etc.? So, so based on that uh, individual survey or interview, this index is uh, created. So this means uh, Indonesia not only is the highest, but also increase this generosity index through this pandemic, while uh, developed countries lost their ranking or index. So my reading of this index is Indonesia really demonstrated its solidarity as a country or as a nation while in this pandemic. So this is the biggest sort of a, the learning or lesson that this country really experienced, despite the very heavy, heavy, uh, you know, toll in the human lives uh, among the ASEAN countries, Indonesia is one of the toughest in dealing with COVID. But at the same time, our, our people show this solidarity. So applying this solidarity or unity uh, feature of Indonesia, uh, we as Danamo uh, made a similar approach. Since at the very beginning of this uh, pandemic, we established internally a so-called uh, Crisis Command Center, CCC. And this is an organization who deal with whatever the issues uh, COVID. And uh, they work for 24 hours, seven days a week. Uh, they really deal with all these issues. And uh, meeting with me or the board of directors every day in the initial stage of the pandemic. As a result, we introduced lots of lots of measures such as, you know, I think we are one of the uh, first uh, organization, earliest organization who are able to provide uh, vaccination to our old staff. We created our own isolation center for those who are suffering. We provided a digital based daily health check, etc. As a result, we experienced a very increasing high score of the engagement. We do a periodical engagement survey, but our employees shows very high engagement score throughout the pandemic, right? Not only satisfying uh, or increasing the engagement or happiness to our employees, we extended this practice to our customers or our communities. So we provided uh, more than 30,000 uh, vaccine doses to our neighbor community, drivers, etc. To show our commitment, we want to survive uh, with our customers and communities. So all in all, uh, we gain uh, sort of a confidence uh, as an organization throughout the pandemic. Okay, great. So, so in, in terms of looking at Indonesia, the people, you know, how generous they are to one another. And actually, you can see that uh, everywhere you go uh, in Jakarta, I mean, there are always people out there in the streets that are helping direct traffic, for example, you know, yeah. helping everyone along. Um, what, what I'm interested to also ask is, now, you joined uh, like Dynamon in 
2018, uh, right after the acquisition uh, by MUFG. And yeah. in your life, you've always been uh, very involved in mergers and acquisitions, right? Uh, in the US, in different markets, helping your clients do that. And finally, you are doing it as uh, for the bank, uh, mm. acquiring uh, as part of a network of banks that MUFG uh, have acquired. Uh, like Kung Sri in Thailand, Security Bank in the Philippines, Vietnam Bank in Vietnam, and so on and so forth. So to form kind of regional network. Uh, and you assume the position of a president, director, or CEO in October 2019, just before COVID. Uh, now, you must have uh, a great plans and a great strategy you know, going into, uh, you know, as you became a president, director, and running the bank. Uh, what kind of impact did COVID have? And now that you know, we are, after three years, almost mm. coming to the end of COVID, um, how will you continue that uh, journey? Uh, at the time of uh, uh, designing this, uh, you know, MEFG's asset strategy or execution of this m a we didn't anticipate COVID, right? Mm -hmm. Out of our, beyond our uh, imagination, right? But I think uh, not only here in Indonesia, but our, we call it partner bank uh, in country uh, in Thailand or Vietnam Bank in Viet Vietnam and the Securities Bank in the Philippines, they are all sort of uh, well surviving throughout this uh, pandemic, right? With uh, taking a kind of similar approach, you know, because uh, the first of all, uh, this this is from MUFG's perspective, but uh, their strategy in partnering with this local bank is uh, very long-term oriented growth. Okay, uh, MUFG is competing with a global bank like HSBC, Standard, right, uh, Citibank. They are very strong uh, footprint uh, in ASEAN or Asia, right? Even mm -hmm even older than MUFG. But however, their approach is sort of a up and down, uh, hit and run, you know, sometimes very, uh, in a sense, very quick in pivoting. While yeah. MUFG's approach is very consistent, sometimes slow, but very consistent and long-term. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the reasons behind this M&A is, you know, dealing with global customers, like uh, Japanese customers, American customers, European customers, their request is more on domestic market rather than cross-border uh, market, okay? So that to deal, to better serve uh, global, you know, multinational clients, MFG needs a local footprint, whereby we provide domestic uh, loan, cash management, you know, deposits, uh, networking, right? So by default, uh, MFG want this acquired bank as it is, not just rebranding to MFG, but they really prefer the acquired local bank run uh, by the local management and maintaining or strengthening its local brand appeal, right? That's a value appreciated by global customers, right? So we just keep on 
going on, you know, educating or aligning uh, between local Danamon team with, uh, you know, head office in, you know, Tokyo. And uh, this, you know, direction stays as it is, despite this uh, pandemic. And so far, three years after this uh, consolidation acquisition, I see more people on the ground in Bangdanamo knowing the reality uh, by actions and execution, not just words, but by accumulation of the actions uh, and implementation, they have more belief in MFG's long-term approach. Okay. Now, uh, if I may, if I kind of read from, from what you have expressed, your key focus can be encapsulated in three key areas in terms of your strategy. Uh -huh. One is we mentioned th that uh, leveraging of MUFG collaboration uh, yeah. and uh, what businesses it has in Indonesia, including Adira Finance. Yeah. Uh, second is on your digital, building out your digital capabilities um, and working with fintechs like Investi. Yeah, and the third leg would be on your uh, workforce, your human capital in terms of developing a, um, a an agile workforce, hmm. preparing for the future, and that's in line with your strategic uh, kind of focus, which is more for the longer term, building the business. And you know, in twenty twenty, the bank has also become a buku for bank, right? Right. And, uh, being able to access more customers and and uh, uh, you know from a regulatory perspective as well, and also required also more responsibility in terms of uh, adequacy and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. uh, now, uh, so we look at those areas and uh, you continue to grow the bank very uh, strongly, healthily, your quarterly results you know, from the, the latest quarter, uh, some of the key highlights, you, you've grown profit uh, uh, like 49, 65%. Yeah, 65. 49%. Right. Uh, loan growth continues to be strong. Uh, asset quality, uh, well-maintained. Mm -hmm. uh, increased coverage, uh, but MPL rate is still you know, around 2.8%. Casta yep. ratio is very strong, like 60%. Right. Below 50%. Um, so, so you're building uh, on that trajectory to grow the business. Exactly. Uh, you uh, really will summarize what we are doing in, in three years, th three areas. First, uh, biggest pillar is uh, synergy or collaboration with MUFG. Yeah, uh, very simple, but not easy to uh, implement. But now we are getting a better shape on this. Uh, one of the example is uh, we put a very uh, renewed uh, focus uh, or highlight on automotive sector, okay, because MEFG is a lead bank, main bank to all Japanese car manufacturers like Toyota, Honda, Mitsubishi, uh, you know, etc. Right? Mm -hmm. We have Adira Finance, which is the leading independent uh, financier to the car purchasers, yeah, or individuals. And Danamon is very strong at uh, the dealers. We are providing uh, working capital inventory finance for more than 150 dealers. But 
in the past, we operate uh, independently among the three, but now we are able to combine the efforts, consolidate our business from end to end, from the uh, car manufacturer to dealers and the consumers, right? But to re really uh, reinforce our combined uh, operation, uh, last month, uh, we first uh, became uh, the sponsor, financial sponsor for the Indonesian International Motor Show, IIMS, this, which is the biggest uh, automotive motor show, right? And uh, we presented uh, as we, we really gave a message out that we like to, we aspire to be the most trust, trusted financial partner in the automotive system. And that message was very well received or well resonated. So people start to look at us as, okay, these three uh, companies are all aligned uh, with powerful uh, you know, resources, financial resources and solutions to provide manufacturer, dealers, uh, individuals, right? So this is a sort of empowered uh, demonstration of MFG collaboration. Mm -hmm. Well, every CEO talk about digital, right? And uh, we, we too, I am too. Um, this is in two fronts. One is uh, really uh, enhancing our own digital capability, right? Uh, every bank has its own application, right? But, you know, we are on neck and neck. Uh, we have to keep enhancing our own digital application capability. But I think the real uh, key success factor in this digital game is how to create our own digital unique ecosystem. Because to be frank, although we invest a lot in digital capability, but from consumer point of view, it's not a big difference, to be frank, right? Yeah. What is more important is why do I use these Dynamo's apps? instead of our competitors' apps, right? D-Bank Troll, right? Thank you for recognizing <laughs> it. <laughs> so how to make D-Bank Pro uh, more sexy, right? Uh, that's key. What is the reason or purpose of uh, the customer to use, choose D-Bank Pro, right? Huh. To do so, we have to create our own unique digital ecosystem. Again, this is an example. Our parent company, MUFG, invested in Graph, okay? yes. right? And uh, by that investment, Danamon is uh, given a sort of preferential status. So Graph wants to do some, whatever the uh, digital services or with a financial uh, company, we are the first called bank, mm -hmm. right? So that we jointly, uh, you know, plan, design, and establish uh, digital joint products. One of the example is uh, we recently uh, issued a co-brand co credit card with Grab, right. which, which gets a good uh, uh, interest from the customers. For Dynamo to provide uh, a digital lending or digital CASA to their drivers or to their merchants, Mm -hmm. consumers. So 
all the ecosystem uh, companies or individuals uh, belonging to graph is potentially our Danamon's reach, right? So likewise, we digital partnership is very important. How to create the uh, Danamon ecosystem, right? So that's where we are really working hard. On okay. I, I want to uh, get your comments on one trend that seems to be happening in Indonesia. Uh, elsewhere in the region, regulators are you know, issuing digital banking licenses for digital-only banks to operate. Uh, hmm. In Indonesia, it's not quite happening yet. Uh, but the bigger banks are buying smaller banks, or and also the bigger banks may own smaller banks, right? Hmm. You have two tiers of banking license and it seems that the bigger ones uh so give uh, some example like you know bank mega buying bank allo right? uh, go to financial uh, gojack and tokopedia buying bank uh Jack. right and, and and this the values of this bank have gone up overnight uh mm. and uh, they're using them for their digital banking proposition Right. Uh, just to name a few, right? Uh, BCA has got blue. Mm, and, yeah. uh, BRI has got uh, uh, Bank Raya, right? Uh, used to uh, something uh, called BR, BRI uh, Agro, right? Which they right. rebranded. Uh, it's about this kind of this development, this strategy. Is it for every bank? Do you foresee more banks buying smaller banks and turning them into digital only banks or their digital only bank subsidiaries? Yeah, actually, you uh, very rightly described it, it is happening, right? Mm. So almost every day, we have some uh, uh, news coming up, right? Uh, I think, yes, Danamon is also uh, looking around uh, that opportunity. Yeah, but at the same time, my view is, you know, none of those digital banks is are profitable or successful yet it's really at the very initial stage right they are testing they are learning or they are experiment experimenting through this digital so-called digital bank okay that's one thing we have to really understand to when i talk with those uh, executives or consultants the key in this digital bank is again scale, right? How to acquire a customers. And so far, they are relatively successful in deposit gathering. Yes. Through, through their own or embedded ecosystem. But they are struggling to find lending opportunities. Here in Indonesia, whatever the way that we create the digital bank or embedded digital services, but in the end, how to provide, uh, how to find the good credit opportunities and how to manage the credit quality, right? Under this uh, sort of uh, developing stage of the economies, that's really the challenge. So Bank Jago, they're uh, gaining a lot of features and attentions and their stock price really high, but it's becoming saturated to uh, stabilize because investors are a question mark how they grow their loan book so far most of their uh, loans are 
you know, P2P channeling. It's, it's, mm. not, it's not identified by Bank Jago, but they, they just rely on other fintech uh, companies identified lending opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. So lending side is the key. Okay, so, yeah. so there was a time, you know, this whole peer-to-peer um, phenomenon you know, started in the US, but it really became big in China. Right. And, and then in China, it, 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 it uh, eventually proved to be you know, more of a shell, right? And uh, when, regular, when regulator kind of stepped in, it kind of, uh, well, that, that whole industry was gone. So mm. there's no more peer-to-peer lending in, in China. Um, and now they call themselves loans facilitation provider. Um, but it is just uh, appear to be thriving in, in Indonesia peer-to-peer -peer lending with kind of more tighter uh, regulation and you know, more uh, kind of better, uh, more kind of more focus on risk management and so on. Mm -hmm. uh, you yourself, you work with uh, investry, kind yeah. of a, a, a marketplace as well. Yeah. Uh, identify for us, where are the opportunity for loan growth? You, you targeted uh, enterprise banking, commercial, right, corporate, um, and uh, with a nexus to Japan, right, or, or Japanese corporates, mm -hmm. uh, or Japanese uh, anchors, um, and also uh, SMEs, uh, yeah. uh, as part of the whole ecosystem, mm -hmm. and yeah. obviously consumer as well. Yeah, yeah. Are, are you also uh, looking at uh, financial inclusion, the underserved, or, or, or those are kind of, or you only have very big focus looking at that, the, the BRI. And hmm. Where I see the opportunity of the uh, business growth or loan growth, clearly uh, our primary focus is uh, corporate banking, okay? Because we have uh, lots of uh, reasons or strengths behind this uh, accelerating the growth because of the MUFG, right? So as you pointed out, we have a good access to Japanese or MNCs, uh, but their operation is not just by manufacturer level, but as I said, they have suppliers, they have uh, distributors, right? So we are able to capture the whole uh, value chain supply chain of the uh, big conglomerates uh, so that so far we are growing uh, rapidly in this uh, value chain approach. Mm -hmm. Second is a uh, consumer. Consumer means our mortgage or the credit card. To be frank, to be frank in the past Danamo, uh, our consumer wasn't that uh, sort of uh, prioritized. Yeah, uh, but uh, to make Danamon as a bank who uh, able to grow sustainably, I truly believe consumer franchise is a key, right? For both lending, but also from funding. To sustain the long-term growth, we have a very good quality uh, consumer funding franchise, right? So we kept investing in the branch network or digital channel, and also on people, human capital, uh, with the aim to let our consumer franchise be more modern, modernized and uh, competitive, right? So our, uh, again, this, for example, the mortgage business, 
we really changed our shift from the old model to the new model. New model is we put more focus on collaborating with big uh, developer. And luckily, the Japanese uh, developers are quite active in creating uh, property business. They are quite active in pro producing residentials. So we provide, uh, you know, the investment finance for the developer and leverage that commitment into the mortgage. We we become a sort of preferred uh, mortgage bank for some uh, big, uh, you know, uh, platinum uh, residential uh, uh, area, right? So in this way, again, synergizing with MEFG, we are also able to grow the mortgage. And also, this is a kind of independent play, but we keep investing in branch network, people, and digital to strengthen uh, uh, customer consumer franchise. Yeah. OK. Now, uh, your uh, operating expenses has gone up also a big part of it because you're investing in digital capability in technology. Uh, tell us in terms of uh, preparing the bank for the future, right? Uh, as you create an uh, ecosystem and, and, and uh, leverage off the synergy, uh, the, the future technology infrastructure necessarily uh, need to be cloud-based, uh, need to be not just cloud-based, but uh, cloud-native, you know, um, uh, kind of be focused on microservices so that you leverage APIs to you know, deliver uh, open banking, open finance, and, and embedded finance. Uh, tell us in terms of, now you have acquired Dynamon, obviously with legacy systems, right? Uh, what kind of, what imperative is to move that to the cloud uh, for now? And uh, also uh, to, uh, look at some of the opportunity that that, that affords. Uh, yes, you're right. Um, we for further growth or for future growth, we have to sort of uh, uh, modernize our IT infrastructure and uh, make this as more effective. Uh, so moving to such you know modern IT infrastructure. Uh, we first hire uh, lots of uh, so-called IT architecture designing designer team. Now, uh, in the last year, we our IT uh, organization was expanded by uh, from a 300 around uh, less than 300 270 staff to uh, we increased higher by 100 in. in in, in just last year. Yeah, hire, hire more people. Yes, simply we hired 100 IT staff uh, last year, even in this pandemic time. That's just uh, for the sake of our first uh, uplifting our IT capability, human capital capability, right? Mm -hmm. And they all start to uh, review and redesign our architecture to make us more modern, right? Uh, cloud, cloud computing is one thing, and uh, we are quite active in API uh, for the sake of uh, connecting us to all uh, digital players or fintech players, right? Or e-commerce, right? 
And we are also discussing uh, open banking as a service things, right? Uh, so if we grow our customer base and transaction volume, definitely uh, this architecture will be more modernized so that we, we need to use microservice, etc. So we just started on this new journey. Yeah. It's, it's going to be uh, at least five years of journey. Who, who will be guiding you in that journey, right? I mean, uh, there, there are new business operating model. You know, in the past, the bank is all about manufacturing the product and distributing the product. Now, you know, a lot of banks are recognizing that they have the network, they have the distribution, hmm. uh, but they need not manufacture all the products as well. Because there, there, are, there are fintechs out there that do them very well, that provide them through uh, banking as a platform, and, and you can provide that to other banks as uh, banking as a service. Mm. So, uh, obviously, that will guide your future uh, operating model, business model as well. Um, will be guiding it. Will, will it be mainly the technology people or the business people? And you know, you and your board, how, how, how do you tackle this? You know, future proving the organization. Uh, one uh, particular. Kind of direction you, you go may set you up for you know, the next five ten years. Yeah, absolutely. It 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 looks as a technology play, but uh, technology uh, resources uh, cannot re really uh, guide us to this uh, new model of banking, right? We have to have a very good business people, transaction banking, right? Mm, yeah. and, uh, digital team as well. So we have a. Uh, uh, the committee whereby we discuss this, uh, you know, future uh, strategy, you know, based upon the composite of the committee whereby we have uh, technology people, digital people, transaction banking people, and the business banking people. So it's combination of all those pieces. Otherwise, we are not able to create a sensible model. And still, we are at the dawn, right? So mm. not yet have a convincing. Uh, idea yet, right? Okay, so so they haven't kind of make any big commitment in terms of, uh, for example, going on the cloud, you know, uh, having uh, some of the production capability in the cloud. That will come later in the next three five years. Yeah, two 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 three years. We really uh, you know lay out the design, right? Yeah, after which we sort of uh, you know keep invest investing in. Right, so that's where we are. Okay, now talk about uh, Indonesia as a market. It, it's, it's kind of for financial services wise, uh, if you look at that huge population, 200 and I don't know, over 220 over million, right? Although the bankable population is, is, is smaller, mm. uh, good margin, right? In the seven, eight percent range, right. uh, asset quality seems to be well managed. Uh, if you look at a lot of the profitability itself, uh, banks aren't that profitable, right? If you look at your ROE and stuff, they, they're under you know, 10%, 7%, 8%. Uh, uh, where do you see the challenge in terms of you know, uh, 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 increasing uh, uh, banking services efficiency in terms of profitability going forward? And, and uh, how are you prioritizing that? Uh, I'm sure the investors and the analysts are looking at that as well. I think uh, the reason why our ROE is not as uh, industries uh, 
you know, top tier level is simply because one, we have a, a relatively large capital. Okay. Yes. Um, so, which is good and bad, right? For, mm -hmm. for return perspective, maybe we should reduce our equity or capital. But considering. Oh, you come out from uh, Buku for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, that's one reason. So, we should maintain. But just purely, purely institutional investors' perspective, mm. if we uh, sort of reduce our capital, we are able to provide a better ROE, right? But in two reasons, because we, we believe Indonesia is a growth country, right? Mm -hmm. And second, we see Indonesia as relatively higher risk. We have a lot of uncertainties. So better mm -hmm. to have a, a bigger cushion of our capital. Right. So by yeah. those two reasons, we maintain this current equity, right? Yeah. It could be used for uh, downtown time or could be used for future acquisition. Uh, right? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, that's one piece. In terms of the business performance or productivity, uh, we have a very solid, uh, you know, the record in corporate banking, but of course, relatively smaller return, right? even uh, uh, risk adjusted, but still their return is uh, not, not big. But uh, we have a very strong, strong base of Adira Finance. Mm -hmm. They are uh, really a successful and established model. So once COVID is over and uh, we see more uh, uh, motorization back here in Indonesia, definitely they, they give us a much better return. Mm -hmm. The challenge is our SME. Yeah, we have a sort of a kind of legacy uh, issue of this SME. But uh, starting last year, we remodeled this SME with a better uh, sort of uh, segmentation and a different operating model. So now the pandemic hit SME and Adira most because they're dealing with relatively weaker segment, right? Mm -hmm. So still continuing this pandemic issue continues for at least one year. But for the new business, the quality of newly acquired business in SME is really showing a good record. So maybe starting next year, we see a more positive outcome and return out of SME. Okay. Return from SME and uh, that very interesting area that you 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 uh, kind of uh, talk about or alluded to is that there's opportunity of, for future further acquisition. Right, right. That's always uh, we are looking around the market because our parent MUFG uh, just recently announced to divest their uh, portfolio in the US. They they are in the process of selling. Union Bank, which is the California-based uh, commercial bank, right? Mm -hmm. So that by retrenching, they put more focus on Asia. Asia. Keyword is Asia and digital. So Indonesia definitely is a primary market representing Asia. So we really keep an eye on uh, any other additional acquisitions.
the, the third area we want to discuss is uh, what challenges remain. Uh, there, there's still kind of some residual e effect of COVID, right? Uh, as you mentioned, with SMEs, uh, that will maybe take a, a year to sort out, right? Uh, um, how how do you see? Oh, of course, you know there's a that worry about rising interest rate, which is good for, for margins, uh, but inflation uh, and how that impact growth, right? I mean, if inflation and interest rate kind of tend to add growth as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as a side effect uh, of this COVID. We see a lot of uh, disruption of the uh, uh, global supply chain, right? And uh, too much rigid uh, zero COVID policy in China even accelerate this uh, disruption of the production and supply chain out of China. So we see a lot of that uh, impact. For example, in the automotive finance, also we see a high demand from consumers for uh, car. But the dealers are not able to deliver uh, the cars, right? The customers yeah. are waiting three months, six months. So that's clearly an uh, issue uh, related to this inflation and uh, COVID, right? Uh, what else? But uh, in the long run, you know, uh, inflation is a sort of a immediate risk or challenges, right? Uh, but uh, not visible yet, but in the long run, uh, climate change is a sort of a emerging new challenges for us. Mm -hmm. um, because Indonesia, as you know, the big economy, big population, but the high dependence on coal uh, as a energy mix, right? Um, unfortunately, this uh, global uh, ESG are, you know, movement is affecting uh, sort of negatively, uh, putting more challenges to Indonesia, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, the government committed uh, for the long, long term uh, carbon zero emission uh, as a policy, but how to make this next five to 10 years uh, successfully as transitioning into this more sustainable environmental uh, economy. That's a quite a challenge. And, uh, you know, not only uh, we commit to carbon zero through our own operation, but also we really want to commit to support our customers uh, for transition financing. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the idea in this challenge is, uh, luckily, we are uh, well connected with Japan, right, through MUFG. And the Japan uh, as a country has lots of uh, high-tech, uh, high technology or solutions to help uh, the power producers or manufacturers who produces lots of uh, carbon uh, to really reduce their carbon emission, right? So bringing in such uh, Japan-made high technology to the companies here, and we provide a financing because it, it could be uh, deemed as a green project, right? Right. 
So that's a sort of a long run but uh, important area for us. Area, okay, yeah. of, of opportunity, challenge as well as opportunity. Yeah, but opportunities, right, right. But so in terms of cleaner energy production and also cleaner manufacturing. Yes, exactly. Cleaner manufacturing. Yes. Right. Okay. So mm. the, the kind of high-tech production that is low kind of emission. Emissions, right. And uh, uh, also in Indonesia, there's great uh, kind of forestry and uh, agricultural practices as well that, uh, that may not be you know, water, mm. water and, uh, and you know, uh, carbon emissions as well. Right. So I think growingly, you know, the bank, the big bank like us, must be more socially responsible for, right? How we add the value to social, to such social issues is really the key for us to stand with a good respect from our stakeholders, right? So climate change is definitely and financial inclusion is other things, right? Mm -hmm. Digitalization of the economy is also the things. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so digitalization, there's a lot kind of uh, also bringing technology to digitalize you know, the economy, right. uh, especially in the telecommunication area, infrastructure, telecommunication infrastructure, 5 uh, and so on and so forth. Right, yeah, agreed. Okay, great. So, and uh, we're very glad to, to, to have this uh, update of a conversation. And I'm sure we wish you and uh, Bank Dynamon well. And uh, you know, in, in, you know, in, in your next uh, uh, results briefing, you, know, you, you do quarterly briefing, right? Yes. So, yeah, yeah. Do, do invite us as well, and, and we'll be keen to cover your progress and to uh, continue the conversation as well. Thank you, thank you. Thank it's you so much, Alpan. Yes, for you know spending time with us and to give us a deeper insight into the thinking of no. behind Bank Tanamon's operations in uh, Indonesia as well as MUFG's uh, imperative uh, in terms of long-term growth uh, for the in the market. Sure, sure. And uh, we are very honored that uh, we are interested by you, uh, highly esteemed uh, media. So uh, let's continue on this sort of uh, uh, update. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Radio Finance. For more content, visit the Asian Banker website and follow us on social media.